Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Spinning Our Gears podcast. As a reminder to all those Blue Falcons still listening in and following us, suck my... Nope, that's not it. That's for later. As a reminder, the issues, views, and opinions discussed on the podcast are those of the co-hosts and their guests and do not reflect that of any department, agency, city, municipality, state, or country. All stories, characters, individuals discussed on the podcast should be considered fictional for entertainment value. This show is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. If you don't like it, don't listen. If you do like it, please like, share, and subscribe. We are on all major platforms and social media, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course our website, www.spinningourgears.com. Head on over, check it out, and feel free to contact the guys. Now, without further fanfare and ado, I'm proud to present to you your co-hosts, Turk and Swagger. Hey guys and girls, this is going to be a little bit of a pre-introduction to the introduction, I guess. Anyway, this show today got pretty serious, pretty heated, and we didn't take any breaks. We kind of felt that it was only right that we do a little ad read here, which we would normally do in the middle of the episode here at the beginning. And that ad read is obviously going to be for the Risen Warrior Coffee Company. The Risen Warrior Coffee Company is a locally owned family business that brings you the greatest products in their coffee. They're founded on the belief that an excellent cup of coffee can change someone's world. Seriously. Head over to RisenWarriorCoffee.com, check out all the blends they have going on, and don't forget to use code Turk and Swagger. That's Turk with the and sign swagger at checkout for 10% off your first order. All right, let's get into this. Welcome back to another episode of the Spinning Our Gears podcast. I'm Turk, he's Swagger, we love it when you call us Big Cat, and together we're a couple of cops spinning our gears. Swagger, how are you doing, my man? I'm good, man. It's been uh, <clears throat> it's been a minute. Uh, I'm going to let you know right now, we are full of piss and vinegar. Uh, <laughs> so hold the fucking phone. Well, I, I, it, I've almost forgot what your voice sounds like. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Uh, when was the last time we actually <laughs> talked on the phone? I don't even know. Uh, a month, maybe? Yeah, it is. Since our last podcast? Holy smokes, dude. Well, it's been yeah. busy. Do we want to... Yeah. You... Should we tell everyone why it's been busy and just kind of give them a heads up as to why the show's slowed down? Yeah, are you going to share your uh, your wonderful news from your, your uh, new employer that you have? Well, I guess you've been there for oh, what? Y- How long have you been there for? You've been there a year now, just haven't you? A year, a year last week. Yeah. Congratulations. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, you've been busy as all get out with your your th- side of things, with the security side of things. Yep. And uh, just earlier, well, I guess midway through March, I accepted a position as a detective and community service officer at my place, and that moved me from overnights to days. So, my plate's been much more full than it was. Uh, kind of the issue has been, I-, I swear to God, every day I've thought about the podcast and, hey, I, we need to set up a podcast, we need to set up a recording time, 
And the next thing I know, it's five o'clock and I st- I'm still not off work. I haven't got anything done that I want to do beforehand. And I forgot to text you or text anybody else. So <laughs> that's why it's been so long, man. It's just, it's been busy as all get out. Well, welcome back to civilization, man. I'm sure oh. it feels good. I bet, <laughs> I bet the wife loves it. I mean, how many years has it been since you were on, let's just say evening shift? Not, I'm talking evening shift. It's been almost 10 years. Oh, I knew it was a long time. For I me. have. I haven't seen day shifts since I've been in law enforcement, obviously. <laughs> so 13, 14 years. See, I had that short little stint there when I was doing the, uh, when I was the corporal, you know, that was on day shift. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is what life is like. I got a taste of it. And I was like, I can't, I can't get rid of this. This is just too, <laughs> it's too good, dude. So it, it did not take me anywhere near as long as I thought it would to get acclimated to day shift. I thought for sure over a decade and overnights, I would be, a lot more grumpy, but it is a total life changer. Have you have you noticed the health benefits yet from switching from overnights to days? I haven't had to have hardly as much caffeine at all. Yeah. Sorry, Risen Warrior Coffee, <laughs> but I haven't had to drink you guys as much. <laughs> oh, there's a uh, it's there's definitely some. I, I when I got off of overnights, um, even when I went to evening shift, but but when I went to days, um, there's something to be said because I, I there's just so much. You just feel better. I mean, you don't feel so, Mm -hmm. you know, dragged out. I I know it's part of the, you know, part of the job, but at the same time, I think it's beneficial if you as a, you know, as an agency are looking out for your officers, you know, longevity and well-being and their health benefits by, you know, hey, giving them a taste of day shifts, you know, throughout the course of their career, not just on seniority basis. Well, you know what Icarus would have said, pick up overtime and you'll see day shift. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh man, that vitamin D is big though. Just getting a little bit of that sunlight, I think, helps out a ton. It is. So, and I, you know, maybe I'll plug this guy real quick. I don't. I vitamin D is a big deal. Getting some sunlight, and I got really, you know, I started following a bunch of people on Instagram. Um, yeah. Have you heard of Gary Brecca? The name sounds familiar, but okay. I couldn't put a face to it right now. So he's a 10x health systems guy. Um, he does a lot of like. Um, conventions and stuff and talks about stuff um one of the things that he does that i really incorporated was getting up with the sun um in the morning so like when before the yeah. sunrise comes up get up with it ever since i did it so you know six o'clock you know six six thirty depending upon where you live um mm-hmm. i get up every day right around that time and it the, the feeling is just so amazing when the sun comes up as you're you know doing whatever walking running working out um, being up with that time, but there's something to be said for it because as soon as I started doing it, I would say the benefits were almost instantaneous. Like I literally started yeah. to feel more energetic and then now I've been doing it for, Oh, I don't know, probably four months now. Well, for since like the new year is when I started it. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I recommend it. So if, if you're not doing that, I know in law enforcement, it's kind of difficult to do that if you're on overnights, but if you're on day shift and you're not doing that, you're really doing yourself a disservice. So well, I will say that I have been getting up and working out before shift, so right about when the sun rises. Uh, being that I'm an old man, I don't make it till about 9.30 every night before I'm passing out. <laughs> I, I get that way sometimes. Uh, the The one thing I got to look out for, I was dieting beforehand. I'm still trying to diet, but having three meals a day is something I've never been used to, and I have to cut it back a little bit, that's for sure. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I was a two-meal kind of guy, and now I'm becoming that detective stereotype, and I can't be that way. I got to turn it around. But, yeah. But they say, I think they there's say always, that. There's always food. Yeah, I think they say that having a, you know, small, 
multiple small me- uh, meals are you know are good for you though throughout the day. I think I've read the somewhere. key word there is small. Well. <laughs> Taco Tuesday is a real thing at my department. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I work at a great place, and and the fact that they even gave me the opportunity to be a detective and the other side of that being that community service officer side, but the fact that they would give me that opportunity a year in is incredible. It's very, very cool. Yeah, but you're deserving of it, man. You've been doing it long enough. you got so much experience that it was almost a perfect fit for you, I think. I hope so. I I struggled with it a little bit, being that you know you and I have debated whether someone coming into apartment a department should be able to take those advantages that soon. But I feel like I'm a good fit for it, and I can only I can only show everyone that I'm successful by being successful. So right, that's all you can do. Yeah. So, so. unlike at Icarus, where there were so many problems, and. This episode, this is probably one of the only times that we ever announced that we're going to be recording an episode and, and having people tune in because we have a, a pretty serious topic to talk about today. And just like the issues we had at Icarus, we've got a very good friend who's having an, an issue at his department um, that we we feel we need to step up because we're a leadership podcast, we're a law enforcement podcast, and because we know the guy, we got to step up and we got to help him out. So, Absolutely. Um, I think we're going to get into the details of it, but you know, it's one of those things that just goes to prove the point that we've been saying this whole time. Yeah. And the thing is, so we kind of have the responsibility of telling this tale for him. He's not ready to come on and tell it. He will, he said pretty shortly, but just not right now because he's kind of going through it. Not only do we have the responsibility to tell it, it kind of hits close to home to me because it's canine related. So Swagger's got the responsibility of holding me back if I go over the edge. I can't do that, man. You know me. I, <laughs> I might push you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, definitely give you some, uh, give you some fireworks to play with. So um, well, just because, this, yeah, I know this is one of those episodes. I think that uh, I mean we had a lot of people reaching out to us to be like stoke the fire, <laughs> and yeah, and it's you know it's one of those things we. We are probably going to do that, so I hope you sit with us and listen to what we have to mm-hmm. say today, um, because everything that's going to come out of our mouth, and I'm not sitting here to try to say, told you so, <laughs> but we fucking told you so, and this is what it has come to. So, so normally we don't, you know, we have fake names. People that come on can use their nickname. Because of this issue and what we're going to be asking you all for, we're going to have to use this officer's name. And he's okay with that. He's told us it's fine. Um, it's just the, the similarities that we're seeing between Icarus and this person and what he's going through. They're just they're too they're too close. And basically, getting into it was this officer worked at a department for how long has he been there? Uh, seven years, probably now. Yeah, almost. <laughs> I, I would say almost seven. Yep. He's been a canine handler there for almost five. And the department that he works for, we'll just say, wasn't jiving for him. It wasn't a good fit for him. So to better himself and to better his family, he seeked, he sought, sought, sought. He looked for employment elsewhere, and he was able to get employment elsewhere. Um, they have offered him a spot, which he starts end of next month, I believe. Yep. And the big issue that popped up was the dog. Now. His dog is six and a half years old, and 
where do you want to go from here? Do you want to talk about the injury? Do you want to talk about the offer that he made that they turned down? I think I think I, I don't know. I think we got to start from the beginning. I think we got to talk about the injury. Um, I think that that yeah. played into a bit of a role as to yeah. Um, and I can't speak for him. Obviously, I'm just speculating. Um, but I think it played into a little bit of a role um, as to why he decided to seek employment elsewhere. Um, yeah. Among other reasons as well, I'm sure. Um, but. You know, you can't fault him for wanting to go better his family. And here's the thing. Now, without saying the, the dollar amount, it's making a financial decision for his family 100%. And as he should, yes. as everybody should. Um, you know, you say it all the time. You know, you're, they're not, you know, you're not guaranteed or how do you say it? Where you, you know, nothing but a handshake and thank you for your time. or your, Oh, you know, yeah. You don't owe them shit right. besides a handshake and a thank you for the opportunity. Perfect. That's what I was trying to get at appreciate you picking me up there um of course yeah so i think that because again they're not going to give you anything else besides that themselves right exactly and and quite frankly in this case they're gonna they're gonna give you the big boner uh if you will so um yeah and that's what that's what it's come down to so if if we're going to start from the beginning he started looking for employment elsewhere and it was a very big anxiety thing for him because he knew the dog was going to be an issue and it, we've talked about it before on our Canon episode. The city and the department is going to view that dog as property and as a tool yep. and as a monetary issue for them. And yes, when we sign up to be a canine handler, we say that we're okay with that. We're kidding ourselves when we do that. We all know what's going to happen. And it's what happened here. You become attached to the dog. You fall in love with the dog. The dog becomes part of your family. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer, it, it is a partner. They are riding with you every fucking day. Yeah. You're, ta- you're talking to them every day in the back of the car. People think you're crazy because you're driving around. They think you're talking to yourself and you're talking to your dog. One of the weirdest fucking things, when I retired Havoc, that first day, hmm, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, the first day when I retired Havoc, when I got in a squad car by myself, and I look back there, and he wasn't there, it's hard to deal with. That's the only way that I can put it. It's hard to deal with. It's a different thing that they don't tell you about. Um, these guys are a part of your family. They're not just a tool. I'm going to let you pick it up for a second here, Swagger. Yeah, you're good, man. So it, I can honestly say that in talking with you, um, when, when you retired Havoc, you, you could tell that there was, there was a, a missing piece that you knew you were going to have to go forward with in your career. Um, I know that, um, I don't know if anybody knows this. I don't even know if you know this. Um, but when I was a kid, my stepdad, who was also a police officer, uh, was a canine handler. He had a single purpose chocolate lab. Um, his name was Hershey. I remember this. Yeah. Name was Hershey. Um, my stepdad got promoted and the dog went to a different handler. So I have a direct remembrance of this. Now I and my, my, my mom and my stepdad had recently just, you know, had recently just gotten together when this was all kind of transpiring. But my stepsister who had lived with that dog her whole life, uh, you could, you had a serious, um, you know, had some heartbreak, um, because the dog was, Mm -hmm. was leaving and I didn't really, I, you know, I, I was losing a pet in my opinion. Um, and 
but she was losing a sibling, you know, because that's what it becomes. You know, I, I wasn't living there. I didn't live with my mom and my stepdad. Um, you know, I lived with my dad, uh, you know, in a, in a different household, obviously. Um, so, but what she went through and what I witnessed and how, you know, how hard it was on her, um, moving forward is, is exactly what we as, as police officers, community members, so forth, have got to try to prevent from happening here in this mm-hmm. case in particular, um, is that the, the canine does not go to somebody else because right. this officer does have little kids and th- this canine is a part of that family. So as you know, you know, regardless of whether or not your partner is going to get back in a squad car with you or not again, he should still be mm-hmm. with you. So, yep. So uh, now that I got it back in under control here, uh, <laughs> as we continue to tell this story, I want you to un- guys to understand a couple things. First off, the chief that this officer is feuding with was a former canine handler. The canine commander was a former canine handler. So they know all of this stuff that we just told you about that gets me a little bit choked up. Mm-hmm. They know about all of that. Okay. So uh, picking it back up. This officer had, he knew he was going to be making this change. He was starting to put a little bit of money away to try to make them an offer for the canine. Uh, along the way, uh, the canine suffered a pretty serious injury at training. And basically what happened was uh, the, uh, the handler was, had put the dog away, and the dog was in the back of the car. The handler was trying to retrieve the ball out of his dog's mouth. The ball popped out. The dog went to chase it, and there was a car coming, and the car ran over the dog, causing a pretty serious, pretty gruesome injury to his back leg. Was it his back leg or his front leg? I can't remember. His back leg. Okay. Uh, To the point where the dog needed surgery. And you might have a little more information on this than I do. Do you remember? I know that they, they emergency, like, lights and sirens to the nearest emergency hospital, which was relatively close but then they had to drive almost an hour away to another emergency hospital yes yep they had to go up to uh uh, i believe at iowa state university to uh to get veterinarian uh experience and help um for Mm -hmm. the injury that was sustained i believe at the local one i i could be wrong that they were able to carterize the wound you know to stop the bleeding yes i think you're right Um, but then they still had to go do emergency surgery um in that matter so um, obviously very serious if you're going to have to to go to the you know Iowa State University to get a procedure done um, for mm-hmm. for an animal so and along the way with this uh, the the dog had to stay there obviously because it was emergency surgery to go towards how much this handler cared for his dog he was making the trip back and forth every day to see that dog to make sure the dog was doing okay um, all from my understanding off the clock, it was his own personal time, his own personal money. This wasn't like the PD was paying him to go there. Is that correct? Uh, you know, I don't know, actually. I don't know how they, how they handled that. Um, okay. So I, I to, assume to my so. recollection, he was not getting paid, um, which maybe he was, I don't, I don't want to, I'm going to backtrack a little bit there because I don't know that for sure. But to my recollection, he wasn't being paid anyway. Uh, the dog had several surgeries, and at one, they, they were afraid they were going to lose the leg at one point. They were able to save the leg. At first, they didn't believe he was ever going to make it back to the street. He was going to have to be retired and be a home pet at that point. And, I mean, you can call it pretty much miraculously, 
the dog did turn around and over six to eight months, I think it was between surgeries and rehab, they got the dog back to the point where they felt he could hit the street. Uh, it was the first night back and he was injured again, uh, just re-aggravating his old injury. So what they basically did was they decided to label the dog a disabled dog and turn him from dual purpose, so as we talked before, mm-hmm. drug sniffing and biting, to single purpose, just drug sniffing. Um, trying to, I'm trying to keep everything in chronological order and keep it all in, in making sense. Yeah. But, uh, they, they, so he's now a disabled dog and single purpose dog, uh, which the reason this is all so important is because, like I said, the handler was preparing to make uh, an offer for the dog and he factored this into his offer um, because when you have a single purpose dog that lowers the price of it, even if there, it's a brand new fresh dog, not injured uh, departments are going to pay a lot less for that. Right. When you factor in the fact that the dog is injured and disabled, almost no kennel or department is even going to touch that dog. They're not going to want anything to do with it because it's too much of a liability to, you know, how many surgeries is going to need, how many more vet mis- vet mis- vet- oh my god you got it it's coming <laughs> vet vet visits will it have to go to things like that now when you add the third part in there where the dog is six and a half years old isn't necessarily elderly but only has a couple of years left in its working career that would then obviously diminish the quote unquote value of the dog to any city or department or county or anything like that Yep. And those all got factored into the really actually generous offer that he made to these guys. Oh, absolutely. When he when he told me what he made that offer he made, I was like, That's outrageous. I yeah. That's just pure that in my opinion is the, the bond between the canine handler and the mm-hmm. canine. Um, the pure love that they have for each other. And yep. I mean that was hundred percent uh the what why he offered what he offered, which was very generous. <clears throat> yep. And so what this handler did was he looked at how much it costs to buy the dog. He looked at the the lifespan, the the career lifespan of a dog, and he prorated every year. He did not factor in the fact the dog was disabled or single purpose or older. He just said the dog has worked this many years. He has this many years left. I will pay you for this many years that's left which, like you said, was insanely generous. I don't think that any department would have paid that even if it was a dual-purpose healthy dog. Right. I, I'm just throwing that part out there too. Yep. Um, when you look at that six-and-a-half-year-old part of it, departments are going to shy away from that too because they're not going to get any money or they're not going to get any return out of their investment. So the officer was given his conditional offer to the new department. And, of course, the first thing that popped up was, well, what are we going to do with the dog? Just like he thought was coming. And he said, I'm willing to pay you this much, and this is why. It's more than generous. And then he waited for a response from his department. Uh, The response came back from the department that they did not feel that that was enough for um, – that the offer wasn't enough. And do you remember they made – their own initial offer at first, right? That was just their 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 requirement now is bad, but I feel like their first one was just dumbfounding. Yeah, I think it was originally, and I could be wrong, um, but I, I'm pretty certain it was close to fifteen thousand. I think for some I think reason, right. I think they're what's popping into my mind is that it was floating right around fifteen k. 
and I think you're right with that. Now, for context, to buy a brand new dog, it's about 10000 depending on the kennel. And then when you factor in the what you're paying the handler to be there and uh, m- like money for food and lodging and things like that, then it starts to get closer to about fifteen, sixteen thousand. So basically, what they're doing is saying that they want the price for a full dog and handler to go through school again. At that point, mm-hmm. uh, the handler said, "This is ridiculous. It's not okay. I'm sticking at where I'm at." So they turned around and the chief of police got with the city manager and they had a meeting, drug it out over three weeks. Is that right? Uh, it was an extended period of time. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. The, the length of it. So anyway, they drug it out where this entire time the handler is obviously freaking out. He doesn't know how things are going to go. And they came back with their what they feel is fair at $9,000. They want $9,000 for this dog. When the handler asked them how they came up with that number, the response he was given was, we need to recoup some of our money for the surgery that we put into this dog a year ago to get to keep his leg, basically. Um, I can't remember the exact terminology that we were given, but they basically said they wanted to get paid back for that surgery. Mm-hmm. And so this handler said, well, I, I find that kind of weird. And he listed some reasons. But he said, I thought the whole reason for those surgeries was to, you know, make make my dog's life better and give him a better living life. Because at first they thought that he was going to be retired. The chief of police told him, well, if we knew that you were planning on leaving, we would have just chopped the dog's leg off. (laughs) That's specifically what was told to this handler. And. I went from choked up a minute ago. Now I'm just blood boiling when I hear that again. I, yep. <laughs> I mean, when when you heard that, what did you think? The same, the same thing that everybody else that is listening to our podcast right now is thinking that this guy's a dipshit. Um, yeah, that is a complete crock of shit. And you want to go and say that you would have just, you know, injured an animal. Essentially, the, the dog was already injured, but you were right. you were not going to help an animal. Um, especially a canine of all types mm-hmm. of animals, and it, which, for whatever it is, you call it how it is. We in law enforcement see it how it is that those dogs are essentially employees. Um, they are your partner. Um, they are mm-hmm. one of the officers. They're one of the brothers and sisters of the Thin Blue Line, and it's your duty to protect them. That's why people give, uh, you know, donate canines. Uh, you know, bulletproof vest, armor vest, you know, things along those mm-hmm. lines as uh, to protect them as well, because you as a handler have a bulletproof vest on. It's only fair. So when I heard that, um, I immediately went and told my wife what the fuck was just said. And she flipped a shit. And yeah, just like you and I, just like anybody else that's listening to it right now. And I hope, I hope that the people who are listening to this podcast and hear that shit understand exactly why everything has happened the way it has happened at that police department. Yep. And so what what really just strikes me is that I, I really feel that statement was made to be vindictive mm-hmm. because again, a year prior, the dog had a chance of losing his leg and you, and at the time the, the, not the outcome, the prognosis was that the dog would not work again. Right. You made the decision at that time 
that we're going to provide surgery to try to save the dog's leg, even though we know that it's probably going to be retired. Mm -hmm. Things worked out that it wasn't, and now you want your money back. And now you are saying you would have just chopped the dog's leg off and, and retired him right then and there. Right. That makes zero sense to me whatsoever, unless you're trying to be vindictive. So here's, the, here's my question, and you're probably going to answer this, and, I, and, and you know what, I really do want you to probably answer this, because you have mm-hmm. experience. Regardless of a canine's health, bill of health, if they retire mm-hmm. a canine in previous experiences at that agency, that city, how much have you been required to pay for the canine to be retired into your care? Oh, I yeah, so okay, let's go into that because yep. there's there's actually a two-part answer to that question. First and foremost, that agency was much like my situation where the dog was the, the handler was required to pay a very small fee, a dollar, $5, $10, something like that to retire their dog. Granted, uh the majority of those situations were the dog was at the end of their working career. Mm-hmm. I understand that. However, However, I learned from this handler that, and I'm not trying to put anybody on blast, but it's a fact that needs to be put out there. A previous handler was set to retire their dog, and the police department paid for an elective surgery so the handler would not have to incur that expense when the dog is retired. Yep. Let me say that again. The police department elected to pay for elective surgery to give that dog a better life so the handler would not have to pay it after the dog was retired. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in, everybody. <laughs> well, and here's my question: What is the difference in this case? Well, the, uh, the fact that this handler is leaving. Right. So it's retaliatory. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And Any- so now let me flip. Let me flip this on you, or let me. How about you finish your statement, and then I'll flip the question on you. I'm probably going to answer your question. Uh, <laughs> any basic level attorney is going to look at this and go, oh, this is retaliatory. Something that is 100% the modus operandi of that agency. Mm -hmm. It is harass and retaliate over and over and over and over and over again. It has happened to so many people that I can't even begin to put into words. Myself included. Myself included. I just... <laughs> this is crazy. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I good. just had somebody text me. You guys heard that in the background. I just had somebody text me. Should we call the news? Because 9,000 is way too high. <laughs> it is. <laughs> they they saw it on Facebook. But okay. Uh, the question that I'm going to flip on you, Swags, is you've been injured on duty. Mm-hmm. I've been injured on duty. We've known several people that have been injured on duty. Say... That happens, and say we needed surgery, like one of us did, mm-hmm. and say you have to go through rehab, like both of us did, Yeah, and the PD pays for all that, because they have to, and then we decide to leave six months or a year later. Would that PD then turn around and say, pay us back for your surgery? No, it'd be illegal. Right. I understand, again, I understand that canines are considered property, they're considered a tool for the department. There is a human element here that has to be taken into effect. Mm -hmm. It has to be considered. The fact that they are looking for money a year later, not days after, not weeks after, a year after when the handler is looking to leave, 
is asinine. Right. Oh, <laughs> I know. It, it's, it's, you got to take breathers, man, because, I mean, I, I, I seriously am just sitting here, and I've been this way for, well, I've been this way essentially since, you know, his canine got injured. Uh, that yeah. I knew that something didn't seem right over and over and over again. Every time that I talked to him, it just did not seem, it did not seem right. good. It did not seem kosher. It didn't seem like, uh, you know, I had my issues that had uh, happened already prior to this happening, but then I've seen other things transpire after yeah. and then continuously yep. transpire and over and over and over again. And I said, the writing is on the fucking wall and this is what they're going to yep. do. And I had told my wife that this is what is going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I hate to say that, you know, anytime that you talk things into existence, but sometimes you do, but it's not really the case in this matter because it happens over and over and over again. And I don't understand why I don't get how you can't just be a decent human being and right. care about a human, other human beings. Cause that's your job as being a police officer is that you care about other human beings. And then B more importantly, each other within the, you know, within the thin blue line and right. the brotherhood, the sisterhood, whatever you want to call it. Um, it. The argument would be a little different if the dog was two or three. Yeah. I, I don't think it, it still wouldn't be the right thing, no. but it would be different if the dog was a bunch younger. It would be different if the dog was still dual purpose again, not right, but it would be different. Um, if he wasn't disabled, it would be different, not right, but different. So, you know, we understand some of the arguments that some people have made, but they're not taking all the facts into account here. Not at all. <clears throat> and then we have to get into some of the um, <laughs> extracurricular things that are happening currently. So trying to trying to bring back my train of thought here because so much has happened. Uh, well, it started off, okay, when they first started sending offers back and forth. The handler was asked, well, how much time do you have on the books? Time off do you have on the books? Meaning, how much time off have you banked up? Mm-hmm. The handler responded, well, I've got this many hours, but all of those are accounted for. Because I'm going to be leaving a job and not having health insurance and this and that, that money is going to go towards other things. Yeah, he's got a family. But the fact that he was even asked that, you and I have talked about it, Sergeant Zeke and us have talked about it, it almost seems, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for here? Coercive? Yes. Yep. Uh, borderline illegal? <laughs> well, it's, they're, they're trying to perform a racket, is what they're doing. Right. You, you, you pay us what you have, so we don't have to pay mm-hmm. you out the money that you've yep. earned through... Uh, the contractual <clears throat> agreed upon paid time off, which is covered under the Fair Labor Standards Act, and mm-hmm. which we've already gone down this road before with this place. So, um, well, I, and I think this is all speculation. What I'm about to say is speculation. However, I think what happened there was they knew how much time he had off. Everyone can look at that. Everyone has access at that department to yep. time off and to all that type of stuff. They have they have access to salaries and all that other crap. That department, much like Icarus, is suffering from staffing issues and from morale issues and people leaving and overtime and things like that. I truly believe that they looked at that and they said, we don't want to pay that out as salary, so we're going to see if he's willing to 
forego that check that we're going to cut him, which doesn't make any sense because that would come out of salary. It would not come out of the canine fund. Any money that he gives back isn't going to go into the canine fund. It's going to go into the city's general fund. Right. So I, I, tr- I truly think that it was we're looking to have one less hit from our salary because all these people are leaving and they're all taking payouts. And we know there's a lot more that could be leaving that could be taking payouts. Mm-hmm. And I think this all started as a dick measuring contest in those regards. And oh, it's yeah. gotten to where it is now. Yep. Well, in my, my new endeavors, when this just goes to show you that these, these issues have, have really transversed, if you will, across many areas of the area that we reside in. Um, mm-hmm. But when I travel for my job and I end up in other areas where people who know me um, from other things or maybe other officers that used to be employed at that agency as well um, end up having conversations with other people who are, you know, high level uh, business owners and they look at you and they go, Oh, you worked at that place. Yeah. Whoa. What do you mean? Cause I, now I'm sitting here going, I want you to elaborate cause I know the, the dumbfounded shit that happened to me and other people but what do you know? Um, right. You know, like, where is this coming from? Because now I'm curious. So it's not just a internal matter. It's very much external as well. Um, yeah. Th- there is a reputation with this place that we have discovered for sure. Right. So. So moving from there, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the next thing that happened that was ridiculous. But there's been so many of them that it's hard to. Well, it's been a constant, uh, a constant barrage on him uh, of yeah. just of shit. He's having to jump through all these stupid hoops. Right. So. Well, so the next thing that I can think of is he discovered, he found some case law and he discovered that the canine handlers at that department have not been receiving the pay that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Is the best way that I can put it. And I'm going to I'm going to back off a little bit because I have a feeling that that's going to go somewhere. I don't want to get him jammed up in those regards, but basically he was not being compensated the way that he should have. He tried to address it and receive nothing but backlash from it. Yes. So in recap, he hasn't been getting paid what he deserves, but they want more money from him for a disabled elderly single purpose canine. I'm just going to keep harping that fact because you guys have to understand that it is a single purpose, handicapped elderly dog. Yeah. <laughs> As my elderly dog comes in the closet and lays down. <laughs> Almost on cue. Uh, you, I guess, I don't know if you even want to cover any of that part because I kind of laid it out there. But Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, just based off of experiences, I think that at, that at this point, you really don't want to touch that a whole lot. Um, because I, I do feel, based off of the information that we know, um, and you know from experience, being mm-hmm. that you were a canine handler and the things that occurred to you, that we, we're going to let that one kind of slide by for now, and we may re- circle back uh, and talk about yeah. that one at some point because it is another thing that is common practice, if you will. So, mm-hmm. But you kind of so, have the gist of what's going on. Right. Negotiations continued, and really it was – he he continued to offer him this money that was more than generous. Mm-hmm. They continued to stick at where they were at, which I was kind of surprised because the number wasn't that far off. But they continued to tell him, no, this is what we want for it. Now, understand this handler is a very proudful man, 
And he basically told them, look, at this point, this is my offer. You can either accept it. And if you don't, I'm going to have to seek help. He said he didn't want to seek help Mm -hmm. because he's not that type of person. He also said, I still have a little bit of pride in this place. And I don't want negative, uh, negative connotations to come to the place. I don't want negative press to come to this place. He was then told, uh, how do I word this? Because I don't want to include... He was basically told, well, you can't do any worse than a First Amendment auditor has recently, so have at it. Now, <clears throat> without... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. <laughs> um, so everybody's aware, only because like, it, it, I, I was in the military, I, you know, and one of, those, one of those guys, one of those, you know, cops that 100% is by the book and wants to be by the book with the Constitution. Um, yeah. So there's a certain type of First Amendment audit, and then there is yep. a certain individual that probably does it uh, over the top. However, in my opinion, within legal courses of action, um, based off of that. Now, that individual has stirred up a big... Uh, shit sandwich for that agency. They um, put the department on blast. Yeah, and that's because what one of those individuals that is involved is also a veteran um, and has a very big heart for protecting the rights of the citizens of this country, um, as do all veterans. And if you don't and you're a veteran, there's something wrong with you. Um, <laughs> so... With that being said, uh, they they maybe kind of screwed the pooch uh, on, in that regard. A couple, and I shouldn't say that because we're talking about dogs here as well. So maybe we, maybe we <laughs> cut that out. But we love our handlers. We, we love do. our we love, we our, love canines. our canines. Yes, um, it, it, no it did butter. it did stir up a lot of negative publicity uh, mm-hmm. for that agency, and to an extent, there's portions of it when I watch it, and I'm like, yep, deserve it. And then the other side of it, eh, maybe not worth it. But yep. what has occurred is probably justified to the extent. Um, and that is what uh, this canine handler, I think, wanted to shy away from bringing that to yes. uh, the department. Yes. Because they had already experienced it. It's been going on now for a couple of years, I think. Um, about a year and a half. Um, well, not really. Probably only a year approximately well but the the bottom line is the fact for this canine handler to be as professional as he has been Mm -hmm. and to say look i don't want he's like i said he's a proud person yeah but for him to say he doesn't want to have to go out and seek public funding because he knows that it's going to not look good for the department he could have burned him in the dust and he could have said you know what i'm on my way out screw you guys i'm going to do whatever i can he was trying to be professional and for the response to be you can't do any worse than this person's done, so have at it. Like, have some pride. Yeah. Have some professionalism. Well, that's that's the big thing. The professionalism is this canine handler, 100%, by the book, professional. Uh, yep. To be a leader, a top-tier leader of a, of a police department, you have got to have the highest level of professionalism, and that ain't it. Right. Um, that shit doesn't cut it. Uh, being a high school football quarterback, your ass will get benched. Right. You know, there's no way. So, um, saying what that what was said there, um, is just is complete bullshit. 
and the canine handler 100% took the high road, um, which yes. is a direct reflection of his character. Yep. Uh, so I'm trying to think, has did, what is anything else happened in between that part and then this most recent part last week oh, man. that you can think of? Or I'm sure something has that we're forgetting at this point, but I understand tensions have been very high there. And every story that I've heard from anyone, including the handler, has been that he has been taking the high road, like Swagger said. Yep. He's been very professional. And things kind of came to a head this last week. Yeah. And I, I can't give a ton of details because, again, this could be going somewhere else. But basically, he's been getting harassed for the last week and a half, two weeks. And he's been getting harassed from people above him which it, it's not right, okay? Nope. He's trying to, to work out the remainder of his days. He's trying to be professional. He's trying to do the right thing to get his dog back, and they just can't not have the last word, and they can't, have, they can't not have their thumb on him and trying to, to mess with him every last day until he leaves. Right. So there was an incident in which he again took the high road and there have been witnesses to this from my understanding yes where he had someone in charge of him yelling at him and calling him names is the only way that i can put it without without going into further detail yeah uh, and actual names not like you know things like profanities right right well but there was profanities also yeah that's yes that's included yeah yes yeah so it, and and when I when he told me this story, I, I I don't know why I was shocked, but I was a little shocked. I couldn't believe it. But you've got a guy who's on his way out. He's already in a dispute with y'all, and you're gonna sit there and yell at him and call him names and harass him like you have been. Just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it got to the point where word you know made made its way to other commanders. And he had a commander pull him out of roll call and tell him, look, I know your days here are numbered, and this is not a reprimand, but you need to cool it. Now, (laughs) he did not start the issue with where he was being harassed. And again, he was being professional throughout the whole thing. And I promise you guys, just like with our stories, everything is going to come to light someday. I I know that it's frustrating with me being general here, but I kind of have to be... um, he, he was very professional in his interaction, and he did not start it. So for a commander to pull him out and tell him to cool it is in very poor taste. Right. Um, from there, it seems like things have been kind of coming to a head this weekend. He started his public funding and, and asking for help from the public, and he posted on Facebook. It was very professional. It was very generic. Uh, other people caught wind of this, including us here at the Spinning Our Gears podcast, mm-hmm. who got really upset about it. So they took it upon themselves to make their own posts. The city manager reached out to this officer and told them that they felt that his post was in poor taste, <laughs> even though he warned them ahead of time that this could be happening. He responded perfectly. He said, you know, my post was very professional. It was very generic. It's not my fault that everyone else took it upon themselves to write their own posts. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, I've read the, all the, the posts. I mean, it's 
<laughs> it's justified once again. The city manager responded back that they were they were sticking to their nine thousand, but for some reason wanted to know what the handler thought was an appropriate uh, cost for the dog. Now, mind you, he had previously and for months had been trying to offer them a more than generous offer. So he basically responded back a dollar, which is what everyone else had to pay. And he's now waiting for a response to that. But I honestly, I'm proud of the guy for having the cojones to do it. He's got big balls. Yeah. So to, to put up with what he's put up with and to finally be like, all right, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm, I'm proud of him. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, so, okay, this is the one part that I did forget, which is what makes this so important, what we're doing right now. He was told by the chief of police that if they do not come to an agreement by his last day at the department, that the department will be taking his dog away and giving it to someone else. The chief told him there were at least two suitors, even though no one has shown any interest in the dog. So we're not really sure if this was a bluff or what the you know what the department has planned for the dog but ultimately the city and the department are digging their heels in the sand and saying if he does not pay them $9,000 that they're going to keep the dog which as we've discussed is not right for so many reasons the human element of it the fact that the dog is disabled and elderly and single purpose and all that jazz um the dog has been with the handler his entire life it's just not right. <clears throat> I, yeah, I couldn't say that any better. I mean, the the characteristics that you are putting forward there about the circumstances around this matter is 100% yeah. the reason why he should get his dog for the $1 now that he has offered. And that is yep. simply just because that is only fair. That is what everybody else has had to pay approximately Somewhere in there, a mm-hmm. low fee to essentially take over the rights to the dog and keep the dog, retire the dog, keep the dog as a pet. Um, yep. So, social media has started blowing up uh, to the point where I'm I, I'm hearing about it from people at my agency who didn't even know that I knew the guy. Um, basically, no one that I've ever talked to has said that he should have even offered him the money that he did. Uh, no one can believe the amount of money that they are requesting of him. Mm-hmm. When you talk to other canine handlers, they're all in the same regard. When you talk to other canine commanders, they're all in the same regard. Several of them have said, no, I would just give him the dog. It's his dog. Um, so there's a lot of common sense that's not being used here, which I, you all obviously have figured out at this point after 45 minutes of talking about it. Um, But yeah, there just seems to be a vindictive side of it too. So with all of that being said, uh, we're going to do what we can to help out officer Herrig. I'm going to say his name now and his canine cane. Um, His initial, I guess I've been calling it crowdfunding. I don't know what else you want to call it. uh, Fundraising or sponsorship or whatever is through someone we've mentioned before, honor and respect. They are a company that basically sells exclusively law enforcement things. Generally, their proceeds go towards uh, mental health awareness and and better lives for law enforcement and retired law enforcement. They have stepped up in a big way to help out Officer Herrig. 
Um, they're selling basically anything if you use the code Kane, K-A-I-N, again, K-A-I-N. They're going to take $5 off your order, and they're going to put it towards the purchase of, of uh, Canine Kane. They're also selling shirts, I believe, exclusively to go towards the payment of this. Um, their website is www.honor-respect.com. You can head over there and look at the stuff that they have. In addition to that, we'll be posting Officer Herrig's Venmo. I, is it his or is it someone else's Venmo? <clears throat> I believe it's his. Um, okay. Yeah. He, he is accepting uh, just straight donations if you feel so inclined. Again, he did not want to do this, and I think it took a lot of encouragement from other people for him mm-hmm. to put himself out there for this. Um, but the I guess the kind of big news for us is uh, the Spinning Our Gears podcast is we have finally produced a sticker. It has taken a while, and the line is kind of isn't fully fully out there but we we upped our game a little bit we are going to be releasing a sticker that will be for sale forever however um while officer herrig is trying to pay for his canine all of the proceeds for this sticker are going to go directly to him and then you know in good faith we'll let you know when the dog has been paid off and then the proceeds will go you know elsewhere but um i will be posting in the next few days how you can purchase that sticker um, and then obviously a preview of it. It's I think it's pretty cool. It's a canine taking a bite out of some issues. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the official launch of our stickers. Uh, more will come soon. This one, however, like I said, um, the purchase of it will cover shipping and handling, and then everything else is going to go to Officer Herrig. So the big thing with that, and I'm not trying to to sound you know greedy or anything, but if you buy more than one there will only be one shipping and handling. All of the other proceeds are going to go to him. And God damn it, we're going to get this dog paid off for him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here, here's the other thing. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty certain that this is what's happening. Is if, if the <clears throat> if the budget is hit where it is at the 9000 where he has yep. to bring forward the money, the additional funds that is being spent is going to be donated to another local area uh, canine yep. program. Um, so the money is going to another good cause uh, after yes. we hit our goal. Um, yep. So so make sure to stay on the goal. You know, don't be like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I don't know where we're at. You know, don't let that dictate whether or not you're going to, you know, donate or right. buy a shirt. Um, make sure you just do it. It's going to go to a good cause anyway if we hit the budget. Um, so and And, you know, what I will say is that I talked to the owner of Honor and Respect today. He let me know that because this thing has already blown up, they're about halfway so far on their end of things, and they're going to continue to sell. Uh, what I'll say is this. We will put this out there until May, because of when he leaves, I'm going to say May 20th or until the 9,000 is met, whichever comes later. So if we hit this goal by you know May 1st, we're going to keep fundraising until May 20th, and we're going to give him that money because... He deserves it, and the the sponsorship that it's going to deserves it, um, and it's just the right thing to do. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, ultimately, if, if if you're listening to us, if you are a friend, family member, you know somebody, um, you know animal rights people, whatever it is, because I know that there's some that are sharing this thing, keep sharing it. Yep. Keep sharing the links. Um, it's all going to 
a, a good cause is what it's going to. Yep. That's what everybody needs to get behind. If you're a fire department, get behind it. Support your brothers and sisters. Um, you know, if you if you're in the private sector now and you you know just just keep fundraising, keep doing the right yep. thing, um, because we are going to hit this goal. There's no question about it. We won't stop until we do. Um, yep. Our job is solely to make sure that he, his little kids, and his wife have uh the, their their family member you know their their partner yep. so um we won't stop until that's done so and um I, I, with full disclosure we're going to be a little more aggressive maybe even annoying on social media mm-hmm. when it comes to you know posting and and reposting and sharing and things like that just because this one is a huge huge deal for us it's an important cause for us and like I said, it gets it hits close home for me. I'm sorry that I got choked up at first, um, but that's just how important it is to me, and that's why we're going to keep pushing this thing. Absolutely. <clears throat> so just keep sharing it. Yep. Well, <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> this Piss was a and vinegar. <laughs> it was a hot episode, that's for sure. Um. um yeah. Yeah, is there anything else you want to cover before we sign off and I I get this thing edited as quick as possible? Uh, you know, not not that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I think we as long as we keep it below an hour, I think we're doing good. Um, yeah. I think we covered everything. I hope I hope we t- covered everything. If we didn't cover something yeah. and you listen to it and you're like, "Ah, well, you know, this whatever." Let us know. You know, we're we're open. Yep. Um, so our job is simply what we got into this. The whole reason we ever got into this was just to help each other out and, mm-hmm. and hold people accountable who deserve to be held accountable. Um, you know, do the right thing. And so I feel like that is what we're doing. Um, obviously with the sticker, um, it's a true testament to honor and respect LLC and the support that they have given this officer as well. Um, so make sure to check them out. They, they do sell stuff as well that goes towards fire departments um, as well as the military. So yep. there's a lot of stuff to shop from on their website. Get in there, get on something, you know, buy something. Um, it's all good stuff. Yep. So, okay, uh, let's let's do this. Don't forget about our, our guys over at uh, RisenWarriorCoffee.com. Head over there. Turk and Swagger. Turk with the and sign Swagger gets 10% off your first order. Don't forget Emory Hart, Brick and Block, or Double Tap Designs. Uh, and then also www.honor-respect.com, or just go to Google and type in Honor and Respect. It'll pop up. Please check all those places out. Specifically right now, please hit up the stickers and the Honor and Respect, because we got to get this guy his canine and got to get it home to him, and we cannot allow this department to even have a say in it. So, Otherwise, without any other rambling or ado, stay safe. We'll get to this together. Have a good one.